Do you feel stuck? Has your podcast stopped gaining new listeners? Do you wish your community was more engaging? I know that a lack of engagement can make you feel like nobody cares about your podcast or nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but in most cases, that's simply not true. It's more likely that your loyal listeners just haven't found you yet. Your artwork, your titles, your descriptions haven't done enough to catch their eye. Now, I'm not here to sell you on an easy button. There will be some work involved, but the first step is to get another experienced set of eyes on your project. It can be difficult to objectively examine and evaluate your own work. So head over to thepodcastersguild.com and book a podcast audit. From there, we can work together to make sure your loyal listeners are able to find your show and understand why this is the show they've been looking for. Join me at thepodcastersguild.com and we'll get started today. Guest contracts. One of the most divisive topics I've seen in the podcasting community. Some hosts would not be caught dead without a contract in their hands. Some hosts see absolutely zero reason to even have a contract. What's the right answer? Who knows? Personally, I've always been taught to get a contract signed now to save you any potential headaches later, and that always has seemed like sound advice to me, but I'll let you decide for yourself. Podcast Better is for you, a podcaster, or soon-to-be podcaster, who has a business, a cause, or a hobby that you're passionate about. Each week, we'll take a closer look at the mental, physical, and technical skills necessary to produce a quality show that your fans will want to listen to. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me so that we can podcast better together. Welcome, 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 fellow podcaster. And we're back with another episode of Podcast Better. And today, as I promised in the last episode, I will be bringing on a guest that I used for my guest contracts. There's been a lot of questions about whether or not guest contracts are needed, what they're good for, what you're risking if you don't have one. So I felt I just should go to the source and get all these questions answered. So today I have with me Bobby Klink. He is, well, I'll, I'll let him explain that for you. Bobby, <laughs> welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, <laughs> so I'm supposed to explain who I am and what I am. <laughs> That's a hard one. That, that's really um, an interesting thing. Uh, but yes, obviously, uh, I can help people with understanding the guest contracts, but but a bit more for people who don't know me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm a Harvard Law grad turned online entrepreneur and podcaster. I've had my own podcast for, as I'm recording this, or as we're recording this, I think I started the process at least of recording episodes three years ago. Uh, I okay. first launched on December, some someday in December, 2017. Um, so I've, been, I've had a podcast ever since then. And when I started my podcast, but also when I started in the online world, it was all about the legal stuff. I helped online entrepreneurs with legal stuff. And over time, I've I've kind of grown and now I help people with some business consulting and, and other things. It's people have asked me, how in the world did you build a successful business selling something so boring as legal templates? And I explain it to them and then and, uh, do that. But so I still help people with the legal stuff, but I also do the other stuff too. So is it fair to say you're still a practicing lawyer or? 
I still have my law license. I do everything in my power not to practice law at this point. I've been trying to shut down my law firm for a long time. Back in 2017, I was actually making a conscious decision to um, transition out of client work. And the reason why I was wanting to do that was candidly that it was really uh, getting to be very frustrating in my life. And I was having to plan my life around other people's schedules. And that was not ideal for me. I I had multiple big family trips I couldn't take and that, you know, I wanted to take or missing my, my daughter's preschool graduation, which I never thought I'd care about. But once you have a kid, I guess you start caring about those things and it started bothering me. So I started to transition out. Um, last year I, I had a couple of zombie things come back, like literally things that came back from the dead uh, so I was having to handle those all, but one of those is now done. I've got one little <laughs> Making case. progress. Yeah. One little case in DC superior court that I got to get done with. Um, but I keep my law license for, for, you know, obviously I'd like to be a lawyer and, and, and keep that up, but I've um, really transitioned out of that and I'm, I'm more an online entrepreneur now. Awesome. I, I, I know it can be a journey to get there no matter what your background is. So yep. it, it's a good feeling. So I think we're just going to jump right into this because I like to keep, the, keep these episodes short and snappy. The big question that, that everybody asks, is a guest contract necessary? Well, necessary is an interesting word. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is there's, there's a couple of things going on here. Number one is, and, and we got to talk about areas of law. Number one is copyright law. And there's some interesting decisions that go different ways on, let's say, Matt, if you and I didn't have a written agreement, do I have some ownership interest in this interview or not? Or do you own it? And that's kind of a, in and of itself, an open question. Separate from that, there is an area of law, which this is where it gets really, or can get convoluted and complicated. There's an area of law called the right to publicity. Okay. This is governed not by federal law, but here in the United States by every state has their own law. But this, generally speaking, is the area of law that says that I have the right to control how my name, image, and likeness is used commercially. It's why people have to be paid to be an endorser, right? Because you can't use my name without my permission. And it can be like, even in very like, there's a classic case where someone took a picture of, I think it was Catherine Heigl, Heigl, I don't know how you pronounce her name, the the actress walking out of, I think it was a Dwayne Reed drugstore and took a picture of her with, like you could very clearly see her bag was the said Dwayne Reed. Mm -hmm. And it was posted on social. And then Dwayne Reed saw it and started using it. And there was actually a lawsuit and they had to settle and pay her some amount of money because this, this rule applies. So that's the background area. And I started by saying it's convoluted. And what I mean is some states, the law is that I can give you implicit consent. And I would say in those states, if I come on your podcast to be your podcast guest, I have implicitly consented that you can use my name, use my image, use my likeness, especially if I give you a headshot and my my one sheet and all those things. Makes sense. Uh, you know, I have implicitly or impliedly given you that permission. But other states actually specifically require a written release. So if I am in one of those, you know, as a guest, I'm in one of those states, or if you as the host is in one of those states. And again, 
we could get into a very complicated question of, does it matter which one of us is there? And, and it gets very convoluted, but there's at, at least a problem there. Mm-hmm. And so it's not clear. So because of that, I say, unless you want to hire a lawyer like me, and and not me, by the way, I'm not looking for clients, let me be clear, <laughs> but unless you want to hire a lawyer to do this very involved research, to figure out the answer to all these questions, to figure out, do you actually need it or not, in your case, based on, you know, what states you're interviewing people from, you should get one. Just that way, there's not a question. Now, again, I also like to tell people, though, and I talk to people about areas much outside of this specific area. But this is one of the least likely areas where someone's going to get mad at you, right? Because yes. again, I'm coming on your show for you to broadcast this show. Yes, so, very much so. It's kind of like this in testimonials. Like it's kind of the same area of law. Like when I get testimonials, technically I need to get a written release depending on where they are. Um, but I just say it's the least likely to be a problem, but at the same time, it's the simplest to solve. You can just get a release up front. You can get these things in place and very few people will balk. Now, some people, and I don't know if you've had this problem, Matt, but some people sometimes are confused about what it means and they they have questions. So you need to understand to be able to explain what the release means. No, I'm not taking your, you know, your proprietary thing, just the interview. <laughs> I just own the interview. That's all I'm owning. Um, you know, you get to keep using all that stuff, but that's kind of the, the general background on why you need it and why you should have it. And I should mention, even on the implicit states, a question would come up like, I don't know if you've ever done this, Matt, but a lot of people I know will do things like a, they'll have a freebie that is like the 10 best pieces of advice I've mm-hmm. ever gotten from a guest on my podcast. Yeah. Well, did I implicitly agree that you could use my name, image, and likeness on that? Maybe not. So that's where it, even in those situations can get. So the trickier. contract would, would cover those situations though. Yes. Because the contract says that I can use it, your name, image, and likeness for any reasonable commercial purpose. Um, and so, yeah, you would have that, that gives you that right. So it's, it's more about having this agreement in place, gives you that freedom. So, you know, if you decide to use a, a one of your podcast episodes in any kind of different way in the future, that you're protected. I mean, maybe like at some point you want to package up some of your best podcasts. I don't know. as an audio file. That's not on the podcast thing that, that people can download. And, and again, you have all these weird questions of, did I, as a guest, give you permission if I didn't sign an agreement, mm-hmm. but if I signed the agreement, yep, I did. And there's no question involved. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The only time I can recall that I've ha- ever had anybody even question it was on a podcast that, I'm not hosting anymore. I help start. There's new hosts now, okay. but I still help them behind the scenes. Okay. And so I still kind of own the podcast in that sense. And so they were contacted by a up and coming singer songwriter to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And so I sent them the contract. And of course, their legal team came <laughs> back and wanted to make some changes to it. First of all, I'll go go into a little bit of what what went down, but what's your thoughts on that? Well, and again, this is the thing I would say, like you can potentially have like these things come up. And again, I'll just tell you, like, look, I've got these, you know, as you know, like standard forms and templates and all that stuff. But the reality is like anytime lawyers get involved, lawyers are going to want to change things. <laughs> it's just, it's that, the that, reality. That, that was my reaction to 
and, and it's it's partly because they get paid by the hour, so they have to justify themselves. Um, and, and I've seen this not. It's funny. I've seen this not just in in lawyers. Like, I worked with a Facebook advertising team way back when, and I had like these ads that had been running to a freebie forever, and they were performing well. And I brought this team in, and it was like they felt they had to try to reinvent the wheel with stuff to try to make it better to justify their expense. I just wanted to take the stuff off my plate. I just didn't want to manage it, but I would see them doing all these things. And I was like, yeah, you're not making it better. You're making it worse. Quit it. Stop it. Um, whereas you're right. I mean, people who are service providers, they feel a need and lawyers get, they, they bill by the hour. That's part of it. Now I would tell you a singer songwriter, they're going to have lawyers that are very involved in this particular area, copyright, uh, publicity, all of that stuff, because these are the things they're thinking about all the time. And so for them, I could see why they would logically have it. The times I've heard people that I know say, well, someone balked, it was, they were confused. They just didn't understand. They thought that by coming on the show, like somehow, like I was giving you the rights to everything. I was like, no, the interview, they get the interview. That's all, that's all they get. <laughs> so, and that's basically what it came down to. I think is they, yeah. the changes they made, we, we ended up agreeing to them because like from what I could read into it, obviously I'm not a lawyer, but from what I could understand from the changes that they wanted to make, they, they were just specifying it's like only within this podcast, only yeah. within the podcast. I'm like, okay, fine. I gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm not planning to steal your music and <laughs> I, I don't want to get any royalties from your music. I well, And I can't imagine that they were coming on to, to actually perform it. No, um, no, because it, it was actually just completely ancillary. It, it was an, an interest that the singer had. That was the topic of our podcast. And so they just wanted to get on because they had a new album coming out. And it's like, okay, I understand that you want some publicity. We can give you some publicity. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and like, I'll just tell you, like, again, this is a this is something that will not apply to most people. But just so you know, like, music is one of the most complicated areas of copyright law just to give you a sense, like on a work of music, it, it is a bun bundle of rights. Like the person who wrote the music has some of the copyright. The person who performs the music owns the copyright on the performance. Again, if they haven't transferred it, all this. And this is why it gets very complicated. So like as a very, cl very clear example, outside of modern music, Beethoven's music at this point, no longer has copyright protection because yes. it's so old. But let's say the Boston Philharmonic performs Beethoven's music and that is recorded. Well, the Boston Philharmonic owns the copyright on that particular performance of his music. And so this is why it gets so very complicated. And this is like when people come to me and ask questions about music copyrights, I'm like, let me set you up with someone who actually does this specific thing for a living because it's it's so complicated. And that's why I could see, like I said, in that space. I would expect them maybe wanting to make clear what was going on. I think you kind of already answered this in, in your opening answer to my first question, but just to clarify, what might you be risking if you don't have them sign a contract? Well, so if you don't have them sign a contract, what you're risking, again, someone could theoretically sue you for using it. And again, I don't know that, that this comes up very often. Um, and I would like if I interviewed someone and at the end of it, they said, hey, I didn't like the way that went. I don't want you to use it. I wouldn't use it. Right. I just wouldn't use it. 
because to me, relationships are way more important than that. But like, I, I know, for example, there are some people who their podcast or their show is sometimes confrontational, right? And that's the nature of it. And people know it theoretically going in. So if you don't have it signed in advance, they could theoretically say, yep, you can't use that. And then you've lost that time if that was kind of what was meant. That's not most of us. Most of us, it's more just that there's a question of whether you own it, the the interviewer, someone else does. And I just, we don't like questions. In, in what I like to say is in the legal area, gray areas are where lawyers come in come into play. And most lawyers are not nearly as um, cuddly as me. They're, they're, you know, annoying. You don't want to deal with them. Even I don't want to deal with them. So you want to avoid that, you know, lack of clarity. The place where people most likely would have problems, however, is simply if you wanted to use a podcast for something beyond just the podcast itself, there could be an issue of whether you have a right to do that. And so, and again, some people might come back later. Like if you did that and you were using, so, you know, did a, a, a 10 best piece of advice I had on my, for my podcast guests, and you would probably, I don't know about you, but if I did that, I would probably try to use advice from bigger name people. Right. Because that would make sense. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's how you're going to get the most, you know, thing I can talk about, you know, you got a piece of advice from so-and-so and so, and all the different people who are big in your space. Well, if they didn't agree to that in advance, guess what? They might see that and, and say, Hey, no, you can't do that. And then all of a sudden you've got this problem. First of all, it's a relationship issue, but also it is a, all of a sudden they might demand that you don't use it. And then you've got a, rework whatever you're working on and create a different freebie. And you've got all of these issues. So you just want to avoid problems. It's like I said, because it's not something where you, I expect there to be disputes very often. It's a place where it's really about um, avoiding any potential disputes in the future and avoiding headaches. That's really what you're doing with this is, is you're avoiding any kind of headache you might have in the future. I like to avoid headaches. That's for sure. Yeah, me too. In that answer, I heard you mention briefly kind of about having them sign before or after. Is there a difference? Do you have a preference? So I would prefer that you do it before. And again, for me, it's not like I'm worried they're going to be mad after the fact because my podcast, I don't do that. When I have guests on, it's always friendly. It, it's more just logistical. Um, like, let's be honest, when are people most responsive when they're trying to book the show? not afterwards. Like a lot of people, you know, guests, depending on the size of the guests, especially after they book the show, after they've recorded it, you know, they may just be like, okay, I'm on to, I'm on to my next thing. And I, you just don't want to be chasing stuff. And this is what I tell people. This is just a piece of advice that has, that goes beyond podcasting. If you need to get an agreement in place, get it in place at the beginning. Cause that's when people are most responsive. Like once the deal is done, once, you know, the transaction has happened. Whatever that transaction is, getting people chased down can be hard. And you just don't want to be in that in that boat of having to chase people down. And so like what I should say is like, um, I'll mention this, like in our process, we actually have a form that guests fill out where they give me all their info. And we actually have a place uh, uh, where they click to accept in the process of doing it. So like, I don't do a lot of guests now, but what we'll do is we'll reach out to people 
if they say yes and they're going to come on, we'll then send them over to this booking page that's really just, it's where we collect the headshot, the one sheet, the all the info that we need, and they book a time. But in the process, they agree to the terms. All right. Maybe one or two more scenarios here. Mm-hmm. If you have a show that you are inviting, obviously, I think if it was multiple guests from different sources, each of them should probably sign the contract. But what if it's just like you're inviting the hosts of a different podcast on your show and there's multiple hosts? Is that still one contract or two or what's the safest route there? So theoretically, it's it's on a person by person basis. So okay. it would be a guest by guest basis because each individual owns their own right to publicity. Uh, and, and also, like I said, on a copyright basis, unless there's some other agreement in place and I could, I could have a blanket agreement, for example, with my company where everything I say, you know, is given to the company. I could have that in place, but very few people do. And so what that means is like, regardless of my company, when I go on a podcast, when I, you know, go on Facebook, when I do any of that, I Bobby Clink own the copyright unless and until I transfer it. So my company, which is your online genius LLC doesn't have the right to transfer the copyrights because I own them. The company doesn't. So that's why you need to get it from the person themselves, not from the company. Now, you know, it gets, it gets more complicated if, for example, not in the podcast context, if I were allowing someone to use like a training that I have already created and where I've transferred the rights to my company, then my company has to sign it. But that's not the podcast. That's a pre-existing kind of training. All right. And then finally, I guess the the only other question I, I thought of is, is there anything that's not covered in this, I guess, basic contract? I, I mean, potentially. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have to say potentially because there definitely could be, right? Always could be. Like, for example, um, and this is separate from this, like if, if your listeners um, have a podcast where there are two hosts you need to have an agreement between the two of you and actually one of, and it's not just hosts, it's hosts, but also people behind the scenes. One of the classic examples that I use, that's not about this guest issue, but of where it's important to get things in writing actually comes from the Adam Carolla podcast, which I don't know if you know this, he had one of the, at one point, the most downloaded podcasts ever. I don't know if it still is or where it is, but it was started. He started with the help of a friend, a guy I'd known since high school, and they started it and there was a bunch of backstory like Adam Kroll, I think, was under contract with CBS or something. So he couldn't do it. So his friend was doing some of the behind the scenes work in advance. And then they launched it. And after it had been going for a while, and again, who knows what the actual facts were, uh-huh. but Adam Kroll looks over at his friend and says, hey, you're not performing here. Uh, you're not doing what you were supposed to. So you're fired. And his friend says, what do you mean I'm fired? I'm an owner. And, and again, they had no written agreement between the two of them. There ended up being an 18-month legal dispute that I know like of the lawyers who were involved. They're kind of big-name lawyers. I've got to imagine they spent over a million dollars to the lawyers because they didn't have an agreement in place. Sure. And so if you are working with someone else who is like involved in your process, you should have a very clear agreement. Who owns it? You know What are responsibilities? What are rights? All of those things just so there's no dispute. That's not really about guests, but I got to mention it, obviously, because it's a big Absolutely. deal for podcasters. Um, and, and that's the big thing I would say. But look, there are, there are all kinds of potential issues 
um, that could come up that are specific. Like there might be guests who want limited uses. Um, now I, I haven't had people balk. Like I have a, a testimonial from a big name uh, in the industry who she's a friend also, but she asked me not to use it like to run Facebook ads using the video because she does a lot of Facebook advertising. So she wants when her name is on Facebook for it to be her ad, not my ad. Right. And so I get that. That's the kind of thing that you, someone might want to put a carve out in one of these agreements, right. Just to make it specific to the situation. But I would say for 99.99% of situations, the basic agreement's all you need because it's, it's dealing with the copyright issue and the, the right to publicity. And those are the issues that you need to deal with legally uh, with respect to a guest on your show. I like those answers a lot. I really do. <laughs> I think we're going to start wrapping things up here, but is there anything else you can think of? Any other questions that maybe you commonly get about the guest contract? No, I, I don't get a lot about the guest contract, but um, <laughs> while while you got me, mm -hmm. uh, the legal guy talking to podcasters, um, make sure that when you do your intro and your outro, yes, um, and anything else on your show, don't just grab music you like. You've got to get licensed music, um, and, and I've heard this happen where people will like literally use pop music. And the problem is it doesn't get caught at the beginning. It, it's caught like six months in mm -hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you got six months of podcast you got a problem with. So you can't do that. This is the same reason copyright. I don't know where you got your music. I got mine from audio jungle, which you get licensed music. You're allowed to use it. So make sure you do that. And then the other piece I'm going to tell people is podcasters trademark, look at the name of your show and run a trademark search again for the same reason, because especially if you're just starting out, like you're not likely to have, if there is someone else who owns the trademark, basically owns that brand name for that podcast and you're not able to use it, they aren't going to hear about you when you start out. They're going to hear about you after you've built up an audience, after you've started to really kind of get on a roll, say six months later, and then you got this problem again. So you want to make sure that, that you don't have that problem. And, and I learned that in a funny way. The very first podcast I was ever a guest on, it was before I really was doing much in this space. I don't even remember why the guy, how he found me, but he wanted to, to create a podcast for me. So this is way before I actually did my own. Sure. And he said it was like a plug and play. I would just have to show up for the interviews. They would find all the guests, do everything. And it was a, a very expensive um, plan, but he said, Hey, come, come on one of our shows and I'll show you what it's like. And so I go on this show and it was called the hashtag show. And so when it went live, they gave me a link to like Apple news, which was weird to me. I was like, wait, <laughs> so I went and I searched the hashtag show in at the time it was iTunes and now it would be Apple podcast. And I find not one, not two. I think there were three or maybe four, the hashtag shows. Wow. And the, the one I was on was the very last one <laughs> to be created. And I'm like, Hmm, this could be a problem for them down the road. Mm -hmm. and, and I see that happen all the time. You don't want to do that again. So you want to make sure someone else isn't already using the name you pick for your show, um, especially as a podcast, but in any area related to whatever your kind of area of business is. So you mentioned running like a trademark search. Is there yeah. a specific place you can go to do that? Yeah. So you do like one, you go to the U S patent and trademark office's website, which is uspto.gov. 
And there is a system called TESS, Trademark Electronic Search System, I think. But once you get on the website, you click to the trademarks area, and then there's a thing where you do search, and you go through, and and you just search the word. So that's that's the first place. Mm-hmm. The other thing you want to do is go onto the Google, type in the name, and make sure nothing pops up. And don't just look at the first page. Go, you know, I, I would say go at least three to four pages deep if you're seeing nothing related. Um, and if you're finding stuff that's close, I, I don't give advice. I don't give legal advice. But the guidance I would give to people is it's not worth it. Just pick a different name. Because realistically, even if you like retained a trademark lawyer to give you an opinion about whether you're allowed to use it or not, they're going to charge you a lot of money and they're going to say, well, we think you can use it, but this is no guarantee. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I'm like, I don't want to spend thousands of dollars for that. I'd rather pick a different name. And mm-hmm. once you pick a different name, candidly, you're going to get done with it. And six months later, you won't even, rem- I, I don't say you won't even remember the first name, but the name you ultimately went with will just seem like the logical name at that point. So you can always find a different name. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I've passed up on a lot of what I thought were the best name ever yep. because the general advice I've gotten is if you are asking the question, should I be doing this or should I not be doing this? Just better safe than sorry. Just don't don't do it. Don't right. do it. What, exactly. What, what I tell like uh, starting out entrepreneurs especially is you have to understand that whether you're right or wrong largely doesn't matter. And, and that's kind of like, that's advice people don't like hearing, but I guess my point is if you're potentially going to get into a dispute or get sued by a big name company, it's not going to matter if you're right. It, and there's this classic example, um, the magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, has a trademark for the name for the word entrepreneur. That's impressive. And they, yeah, and they actively go after people in, in various ways, and people get up in arms about it, and I say, oh, that's great. I said, if you want to be the the martyr who who fights this, you know, spends hundreds of thousands of dollars to fight this, great. Otherwise, don't use entrepreneur in your name. And it, you know, it's it's one of those things that people don't like. But I just say, when you're starting, you've got to avoid disputes because you can't afford them. Even I, even when I was a lawyer, I wouldn't have wanted to get in a dispute because I wouldn't represent myself. So I would have had to hire a lawyer to. Re- and I don't want to get in that battle. It's just not worth it. Once again, very very solid advice. So, Bobby, thank you for joining me on the show today. Uh, before we go, though, I, I want to give you the opportunity to uh, share with people where can they find you, whatever products you're working on. I know you have your own podcast you mentioned a few times. Let the people know where they can find you. Well, the first place I would say is since obviously you're here because you're a podcaster and you like po- listening to podcasts, you can check out my podcast, which is the Certified Badass Online Marketing Podcast, which is kind of a joke because there's nothing really cool about me in any way, shape, or form. Um, but that's the first place you can check me out. But then also, just bobbyclink.com and Bobby Clink is where I am on all the socials. Um, I've got legal templates if people need it, but then I've also got the business stuff, but I also have a lot of great freebies, uh, out there that if people need kind of getting started stuff, um, I love helping people. I love serving people. So hit me up any of those places and, and you know, I'm happy to help. Wonderful. Thanks again for being on the show today and, uh, we'll talk soon. Yep. Thanks. It was, it was a lot of fun. If you're starting a podcast soon, you're going to need a podcast hosting company. For that, there's only one company I recommend, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has a clean, user-friendly interface. Their system is set up to walk you through every step of the process you need to set up your podcast. But if you ever get stuck, I'm more than happy to help you out. 
Buzzsprout also has the best customer service I've ever experienced. So even if I'm unable to help, rest assured that your problem will be handled. You can try Buzzsprout free for 90 days to see what it's all about by using my affiliate link. Just go to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. That's thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. If you use that link and choose to upgrade to a paid plan, Buzzsprout will even send you a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid month. It's a win for everybody. Let me know if you have any questions, but head on over to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout today, and I can't wait to see what you create.